Welcome to Behind Backstage, the official Backstage Dance Academy podcast. Each episode, you'll hear me, Jess, the director of Backstage, interviewing different students from within our dance community. All right, welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. We have changed things up today and I am actually going to be interviewed by Ebony, our school captain and student, Liv. So I'm going to hand it over to Ebony. Awesome. Now, my first question for you is, did you ever have a moment where you wanted to quit dance? Awkward. I did quit dance. (gasps) Really? It wasn't even a moment. (laughs) It was a thing. Um, Yeah, like when I was in high school, probably your age, Eb, um, yeah. or maybe you're 10. I, I guess it started with a bad injury. I was warming up for a dance comp, um, Southern dance comp actually, which is still around at Carwatha in Noble Park. Um, oh, yeah. And I did an aerial and landed and jarred my knee. And so mm-hmm. I took most of that year off um, for that injury. And then I guess I found it hard to integrate back into class and be maybe as good as I was six months earlier. Yeah. I was a teenager and all those things that you guys worry about these days, like how am I going to socialize or can I be bothered going after school? I'm tired. I have homework. You know, do I want to dance? And then also there was a lot of, um, I guess, feedback from the adults in my life about how dance wasn't a proper career and I still needed to have a proper career choice. And so I guess that kind of made me think, you know, should I keep pursuing dance or should I be focusing on my academics and, and things like that? And I got a boyfriend at the time. It wasn't hugely supportive of me dancing or spending all my time at dance. Oh, we don't like that. No, we don't like him. Um, (laughs) And the party thing too. Like I remember going to parties so late because I'd be going after a dance comp and trying to like wipe off my red lipstick in the car. Oh my God. (laughs) so they look semi-normal but yeah so there was a few reasons that contributed to me quitting dance and I did I just I just stopped Hmm. Hmm. love that Hmm. okay off you go Liv okay so my first question is when did you know you wanted to open your own dance studio that's a great question I don't know what age but very very young like as a kid I spent my spare time making up a pretend dance studio. So I was a bit of a crazy child in the fact that I had an exercise book in my bedroom and I wrote down all these fake names of students and I would give them fake ages and then I would put them into classes and make a class timetable and organize their competition routines. And I would like have these little figurines on my dressing table, like little dolls and animals and stuff. And I would put them into positions and play music and move them around the stage. Like, oh my gosh, cool. I love that. <laughs> so I feel like my calling was to own a dance school, maybe more so than being a dancer, but. Yeah, I don't know what age, but this is way back. And I was really secretive about it. Like, I remember putting it all in, like, a pile and hiding it in my cupboard. I don't know why I was embarrassed, but, um, you know, I was embarrassed no, for my family cool. that I was making that. this fake dance school. I should have kept those timetables. They could have come in handy. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool to read now. 
Yeah. Okay. How was Debbie as a dance mom? Was she like a crazy dance mom or like a cool dance mom? <laughs> I wouldn't say crazy because it would be more funny, but yeah. No, like to be fair, you know, from my eyes, she was a very supportive and present dance mom. Like she certainly wasn't dropping me off and picking me up and that's all it was. Like she was really invested in in my um, love of dance and you know if she picked me up she would have lots of questions to ask about what was happening and what I was learning and she made every effort to give me opportunities and take me to dance comps and let me do solos you know at comps all over Victoria she bought me a lot of maccas on the way home from comps <laughs> a lot of dance moms do it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty dance mummy um, yeah. As far as being a crazy dance mom, like, I don't think she had it in her to be crazy. Like, she's a pretty grounded person. But also, yeah. I'm not sure if the times were um, encouraging of that behavior. I mm. think mums back in the 80s and 90s perhaps didn't speak out as much as a mum might these days where, um, you know, times have changed and generations have changed and people feel yeah. a lot more entitled to their opinion and their say nowadays than yeah. they may have done many, many years ago. Yeah. I did go to Suzanne's dance school for a couple of years. So maybe you could ask Suzanne and be like, tell us about Debbie. What's the goss? <laughs> Next talk class, I'll ask her. Yeah. Um, so my next my next question is, have you enjoyed running and organizing online dance classes? I love it. I just want to do it forever. Like, I just don't want the lockdown to end. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, like, initially organizing the classes, I guess, was fun. It was a bit of a novelty because it was different. And I like a challenge, like a puzzle. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's something that I really enjoyed I feel like everyone's doing their best to stay connected during this time and I feel like the zoom platform allows for that but I don't think that staff or students are overly excited about it so therefore I'm not that excited about it yeah otherwise I think you're very well you're very good with the organization and stuff with all the online well I've been practicing since I was five so yeah in your little notebook <laughs> Awesome. Do you have any embarrassing dance moments, whether that's on stage or off stage, you'd like to share with us? Ooh, you guys are good with the questions. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like my first solo, I forgot what I was doing and I just stood on the stage rolling my ankle for ages. But mm. I was only six, so I don't know if that was embarrassing or not. I feel like everyone has a moment like that some yeah. point in dance career um but no I can't really think of anything that stands out yeah I don't have anything embarrassing I think yeah, yeah no I'm 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 good with that one <laughs> <laughs> when you look for a solo song what do you usually do to find the right song for it oh um I guess it depends on the student. I feel like when you think of the student, you like you straight away get ideas of the vibe that you want or the theme. Um, I often go through my iTunes, which is 
probably a bit old fashioned to say that right now because everyone streams music. Um, but I like going through my iTunes and I just type in the word solo and then bring up all the solos I've ever choreographed. And often that gives me an idea um, or leads me to get an idea because quite often some students are, are good at um, taking on songs that other students have already done. Like Liv, you might remind me of a student I taught five years earlier and I'm like, oh, that would be perfect for them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't, it's not that I don't spend a lot of effort making the choices, but I feel like they come quite naturally. Like it takes a bit of searching and sometimes a lot of time, but it's not like a stressful thing. I feel like the song, song ideas just pop into my head when I think of the person. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now, did you do full-time dance? And if so, did you enjoy the experience? I did. I did full-time at Dance Factory. So when I finished year 12, in Melbourne, there was Dance Factory and Dance World. They were like the, the two main full-time dance courses for like commercial dance. Um, and I auditioned, um, I think, just to audition and see what happens. I think my mum said she didn't want to pay for it. So I said, well, let me go and I'll try and get a scholarship. Um, I didn't get a scholarship, but then my parents paid. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think um, someone I was chatting to the other day, Jim, I was chatting to Jim. Um, Marshall for our backstage podcast and she was saying that in full time it's not that she learned how to dance but she learned how to become a professional dancer and I think that's really the key like the full-time program helped me link dancing as a child to getting a career in dance it taught me a lot of stuff like that so yeah that was enjoyable I guess to be treated like a professional more so than a child um, yeah. And those friends that I made are my lifelong friends. Like my friends with kids that I catch up with, they're my dance friends from full time. They're not my high school friends or my friends from Osmosis. Oh. <laughs> my core friendship group is my yeah, full time dance friends. That's so cool. <laughs> so, what were some of your other ideas for BDA's name? Ooh. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Back in the day, I, I know that I chose backstage because I was like, oh, I love the stage. I love performing and I really wanted something to do with that. Maybe I Googled like Performance Academy of Dance and it was taken. I'm not sure. But I feel like I was always heading towards something to do with the excitement of performing theatre, stage backstage but over the years a lot of times I've thought about changing the name um but oh, really? often I hear a name that I love or think of a name that I love and then I google it and it's already taken and you can't like register a business name if someone else already has it yeah. um and also you want to be apart like stand apart from the crowd yeah so even if someone had something similar I probably wouldn't pick it but I am um, I would like to change the name one day maybe like when backstage is say 20 years old, it might be time to rebrand and get a new name. And, and then yeah. I'll come asking you live for ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Awesome. What is your least favorite thing about dance? Ooh. The toughie. <laughs> I'd have to say the direction that dance is going at the moment, as in not on Zoom. Uh -oh. But I don't know, maybe since Dance Mums days, I just feel like 
dance, especially in the world that I'm in, um, you know, with dance schools and looking at children's dance, I just feel like it's so trick orientated and social media orientated. And now with TikTok, it's becoming TikTok orientated. Don't get me wrong. I love TikTok. I spend, you know, three hours before falling asleep at night watching it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love, I love dance for what it is. And I love dance in musical theater and I love dance that relates to professional dance. And I, I dislike seeing, you know, a person post on Instagram an amazing scorpion and then everyone commenting being like, you're an amazing dancer. And that mm, frustrates yeah. me because I worry that dance maybe is like being erased and yeah. going into this new like trick gymnastic yeah. type direction. And that's not what I signed up for. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I love tricks. You guys know that. Yes. <laughs> yeah hopefully that makes sense yeah that does yeah. yeah has quarantine been good to you like luke and eve <laughs> um look yes and no if you ask luke he might say that i've had my days where i'm slightly grumpy um but yeah quarantine's been amazing in the way that it's given me an opportunity to spend a lot of time with eve and appreciate that time if if we never closed the studio, I wonder how many days I would have been at the studio or missed dinner time and putting her to bed because, you know, I was called to the studio to do something. So I think it's really been good in that way. Um, for Luke and I, it hasn't really been great because he works full time. Um, so his life is kind of normal. And then he comes home and I'm jealous that he got to go outside of like our 5k radius. And so I'm grumpy about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did you do VC dance at high school? And if so, how'd you go? I did. I did VC dance at Berry High. Oh, yeah. Um, and my teacher actually still teaches there. Well, I think she left and came back, but she teaches some of our students that go there. Um, mm. I went well, generally, but when it got to don't fall over when I say this, but when it got to the practical exam and I went to the national theater to perform my routines, I forgot my music. And that's not really like me because I'm very organized in general <laughs> and I would usually double check. Um, but yeah, I didn't have my music. So like back in those days, there was no iPhone or music on a phone. I couldn't get Spotify to play my music. We had cassette tapes. And I think I found a cassette tape in my bag that had some of the song on it, but it wasn't cut right. And so I did Roxanne, actually. Roxanne, like you guys did um, with Tegan. And yeah. I remember just halfway through, like the music stopped and I had to just say to the panel, look, sorry, it's not the right cut of the music and then kept going, which is so unprofessional and so not me. Um, but yeah, so my physical exam or practical exam I think I did okay, but with my theory, I, I got a really high score and I remember my teacher saying that they, they showed my work as an example at some like seminar to reflect on the results of VCE dance. So that was really cool. Um, That's so impressive. Yeah, so I can't remember my 
study score. I don't know if you still get study scores out of 50, but psychology ended up being my highest study score more than dance. But if I remembered my music, then, you know, perhaps I would have got a higher score for that. Perhaps. <laughs> God, you guys are making me sound terrible. I quit dance, didn't take my music. No. I don't like you, though. Whoops. Uh, so... This is a bit of like a personal question. What were some of your names for Eve before she was born? Um, good question. I remember having this chat with your mum actually in the hallway at Backstage. Um, I love the name Olivia. That was one of my favourite names. And I was a little bit deterred because we have about 47 Olivias at Backstage. But yeah. <laughs> I like the name Olivia, Liv and Livy. I just think like all versions of that name are really nice. And I liked the name Oliver if it was a boy she was a boy um but yeah probably Olivia Eve I liked Evie Evelyn those names and I also loved Zara but I feel like if I had another daughter I would still call her Zara yeah I like Zara that's cute awesome (laughs) what is your favorite and least favorite part of teaching kids Oh my God, I thought you were going to say, what's your favourite and least favourite student? <laughs> I was like, I imagine. <laughs> so about teaching kids? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think my favourite part is just seeing, seeing you week to week. Maybe that's because of lockdown that I really miss that. But I feel like that's something we don't really acknowledge and appreciate, like just seeing each other and having that connection and watching you grow up. And, you know, it's cute because Eb, like when you were three, I got to ask you like, do you have a pet? And then when you're 10, you know, I'm having different conversations with you about, you know, maybe what did you buy when you went to Fountain Gate with your mom for your birthday? And (laughs) then when you're 15, it's like any parties on the weekend. So it's nice to just like follow the journey of you growing up and keep that bond and connection. Like even though it it changes over time. Yeah. And least favorite. Well, I would say that being a sloppy dance student, not technique wise, but you know, disorganized running in late, not having your things talking when you shouldn't be talking. My least favorite thing is just, to have to discipline dance students because as a teacher you feel like if your student loves dance and wants to be a good student and wants to be the best version of themselves then you shouldn't really have to remind them to do that but yeah kids are not perfect and so um, it's not fun to have to discipline students and take away time from students who are doing their best to focus on kids who maybe aren't trying their best or trying to distract others (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and it's not like school where we're forced to go every day we choose dance because yeah. we love it and it's, yeah yeah for sure awesome what has been your biggest accomplishment during quarantine um, set up about 74 side businesses so maybe that <laughs> um no not really but i just set up two um yeah I think those accomplishments would be ticking things off my to-do list that maybe I've always wanted to achieve or always wanted to learn but not been able to because I've been too busy just with the day-to-day things of you know being a mum and running a studio but having a little bit of extra time 
um, gave me time to learn how to use like the Adobe suite, which is like not cool, but mm -hmm. you know, like I taught myself how to use Photoshop and I've been teaching myself how to do some graphic design and I set up a business helping studio owners, um, you know, with templates and checklists and helping them improve their businesses. And then I got to do some guest speaking and some one-on-one -on -one coaching with studio owners too, which has mm -hmm. been really cool. So I think, um, that's they cool. would achieve it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any hopes and dreams for BDA in the future? Like what where do you see BDA ending up? Oh, this is such a full on interview. I haven't thought this much in seven months. <laughs> um I have so many hopes and goals for the future. I think like short-term goal, I just really want to get the studio open and get everyone back and get everyone back into the swing of what we were doing and, you know, a sense of happiness within our dance community in person. But long-term, I, I have quite a fierce drive to be innovative and I feel really passionate about maybe creating some new performance opportunities for you guys and some new ways to train and improve that aren't what we've done before and not like what every dance school has done before. Um, so I'll keep my ideas to myself, but yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I'm excited about, you know, being innovative and trying some new things. Yeah. Cool. What has been your favorite group dance from BDA so far? So tough. Um, off the top of my head, thinking back, Oh, it's so hard, Liv. I can't pick. <laughs> so many dances. <laughs> it's hard because there's some routines I just feel like I've really enjoyed teaching, but then, you know, some performed really well on stage or... You know what? Maybe, like, the Tina Turner dance. Oh, that was cool. I loved that dance. There were yeah. so many of you in it. The music was great. Rehearsals were fun because there was yeah. so many of you and, like, the older girls would cheer on the younger girls. And <laughs> I We won. Like, yeah, yeah, you won a lot. Um, like, I think of that. And then I also think of To Build a Home with the little table and chairs. Oh. Like, they were my really cute – were they eight and under or ten and under then? I'm not sure. But, like, Geordie – yeah um, within that and she's what 15 now so yeah that's crazy gosh, that was a while ago um but that was a really memorable routine I think it was when lyrical was pretty new so it was like my first yeah. go lyrical routine and mm -hmm. I loved that group those girls were all talented I love that routine talented yeah. bunch <laughs> sorry Liv was yes. that the wrong answer because I, I think we have one more question <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think we have one more question each. So yeah. my last question is, what's your favourite age group to teach? Is it a trick question? I'm, am I meant to say your age group? No. <laughs> We're two completely different age groups. So. Oh. <laughs> I would probably say nine to 12 years. No offence to you, Eb. Um, oh. <laughs> But, you know, I enjoy each age group for a different reason. So there's not one age group that I like and the rest I don't like. But I just feel like, you yeah. know, week to week, that age group is really enjoyable. Like Liv's age group, 
those students are like mature enough and old enough um, to really have some drive and discipline, but they're not old enough to have teenage bad days yet. So I feel like week to week, you know, they work really hard, they improve a lot and they haven't gone through their teen years yet. So they're still sweet and innocent. (laughs) (laughs) So my last question is, what was your favorite dance genre when you were younger? Jazz, for sure, without a doubt. Keep in mind, we only had jazz, tap, ballet. (laughs) Wow. Did you not have lyrical? no lyrical is like a dance mom's thing like lyrical wasn't a thing really we had neoclassical oh my god um oh yeah 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 and like dance schools didn't even have all these styles like when i started out dance schools were like a ballet school that taught ballet or you were a theatrical school and you taught jazz and tap and like song and dance so quite often you couldn't even go to a dance school like backstage where you could do 12 styles a week. You would have to see if you could attend a ballet school and a theatrical school at the same time. Ooh, yeah. Two schools. But yeah, jazz for sure. I love jazz. I love like athletic type dance, Um, you know, jumps, kicks, high energy stuff. And I could do my cartwheels and walkovers in jazz. So so I think that's all the questions we have unless you have any more cool ones you want to ask Liv and then you have like 17 (laughs) we probably have time for like two or three more if you want to ask Liv and then I can finish this and breathe (laughs) (laughs) just relax you guys interrogating me (laughs) um so here's one did you want to come but did you want to become anything other than a dancer? If so, what was it? Yeah, I did have a few other things. Like I, I didn't grow up um, like pursuing other jobs in my bedroom like I did being a dance school owner. But I really wanted to do primary school teaching when I was looking at a real job. <laughs> um, and I did go to uni for a day to, really? yeah, <laughs> to start primary school teaching. But I One day. Did- yeah, I just went for a day and then decided I didn't like it and I opened backstage instead. Um, but yeah, I, I guess oh. I really enjoyed kids and, and teaching. Um, and then on the flip side, when I was in VCE, I really enjoyed accounting, which makes me sound rather boring because the <laughs> stereotype is. Um, but I really enjoyed that. I guess I had a, a bit of a passion for like business and running a business and small businesses and um my other passion is crime, which is rather Ooh. dark, but I am really um, fascinated with crime and why crime happens <laughs> and why people commit crimes. And um, again, in VCE, that was one of the, the subjects that I was working on in legal studies. And I did think about pursuing that interest somehow, but I, I didn't. And I'm rather happy that I didn't pursue that. I don't see that working out very well. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you have one more question because I don't want this podcast to finish with me saying that I like yeah, crime. <laughs> okay, great. Hopefully it's something a bit more uplifting. Um, what was your favourite dance costume when you were little? 
Easy. So easy to pick. So it was Suzanne's Song and Tap solo that she gave me. Or Song and Soft Shoe to start with, I think. It was Life Upon the Wicked Stage from Showboat the Musical. And it was this stunning costume. It was purple and gold. And Ooh. it was definitely my favorite. And I feel like she even has that costume. Because I feel like I gave it back mm. to her. And then her daughters wore it. So Aww, cute. Have, so, Eb, your second question for Miss Suzanne is, do you have the purple and gold costume? So, yeah, I loved it. Yes. I will be sure to ask her. Yeah. Now, I've got a question. So, why did you start dancing Thank in the first place? Question. <laughs> um, because my brothers were going to karate and... I was four and I would go to the community center where they did karate and there was like a table, like a trestle table set up with flyers for all the different programs in the community center. And they had a flyer. It was pink and it had this ballerina girl on it. And I just saw it. And every week I was like, mom, I want to do ballet. And so I think every week I picked up this paper flyer. Talk about like killing trees. I was like wasting a lot of paper. Um, Oh my God. But yeah, I just kept giving them to her. And then I guess eventually she picked up the phone and called the ballet teacher and was like, oh, my daughter wants to start. She's four. And yeah, the rest is history. Okay. Awesome. Um, when did you learn to tie your own ballet ribbons? Hmm. I'm not sure. I do know that my first lesson, my mom put my ribbons in a bow because she didn't know how to do them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was pretty savvy with all that stuff. Like I remember as a teenager, I was sewing my ribbons on my shoes and tying up my ribbons and, you know, making hair bows and all that stuff. So I'm going to say I learned it around 10. Wow. Did you do um, ballet exams or like Shaketti or anything? Yeah, I did Shaketti growing up, which is why I guess I wanted to bring it to backstage yeah um but yeah I loved Shaketi I loved being a part of that community like we always had um exams but we did the convention and then there was like um the Shaketi medal test day and like award days that you could go to and I made some great friends from other schools within the Shaketi community as well because you've got to keep in mind like this is in the 90s so there was no skim or the credo or um you know, there wasn't even a dance comp every weekend like there is now. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity to get out into the dance community and meet dancers that didn't go to your school. So Yeah. So when there was something, you'd see everyone there. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of how you socialize. Like nowadays it would be a masterclass, but you yeah. know, away. And then I did do um, jazz tap and theatrical exams too, like with CSTV. Oh. And I feel like I even did ISTD ballet as well. I was doing two syllabus at one time. Oh, um, hectic. Yeah, I feel like most schools would have done exams back then. Where nowadays yeah. I feel like, dance, well, exams are, you know, kind of crucial for classical, but for jazz and tap now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you do exams. Yeah, and some schools yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I have all my certificates at the studio. I can show you one day. Oh, really? Very cool. Um, so next question. How did you create our Behind Backstage podcast and how long did it take you to get it up and running? 
Well, I feel like that's one of my quarantine accomplishments that you were asking me before. I really love, I love podcasts and going back to my crime (laughs) passion. I love listening (laughs) to a crime podcast. And I know there's a lot of parents out there that will support me on that true crime podcast. Um, But yeah, I really enjoy listening to podcasts and I thought it would be really interesting to hear the stories of our dancers, um, like whether they're, you know, at the studio now or moving on or have moved on, like those who are working in the industry and stuff now. And I thought it would also be a really nice way to connect um, during lockdown because you guys can't see each other and, you know, you can hear from each other without even um, pressing FaceTime or whatever you... (laughs) Need to do. Yeah. That's kind of why I started it. And then I started a podcast with my side business for studio owners. And I didn't even think of the backstage one until I did that. And then I was like, why don't I do this for my studio? Like, this will be great. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I guess it was just, yeah, like thinking about stuff um, to share online. And then this was the platform that made sense. And then I Googled how to start a podcast. Like, I, I knew nothing and just found out how to do it, how to record it. Obviously our recordings could be more professional if we had like a sound studio and a microphone. But I guess I thought when we opened the studio, we could set up my old office um, with a better environment and, and keep running these podcasts. So yeah, I just Googled how to do it. And then basically I record the session on Zoom um, with whoever I'm talking to. And then I download that file and put it into GarageBand and I edit it and then I upload it onto a website which then sends it off to Spotify but if we wanted to put it on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts we could do that too but I just felt that Spotify was probably an okay platform to do that. Have you? So many skills. So many skills needed for like dance studio owner you need to be able to like no tech be organized and stuff. You don't know, you don't need to know how to run a podcast, but yeah, <laughs> you need to run a dance school. I definitely something you don't realize until you open a dance school and you realize that you've got to be your own, you know, director, graphic designer, accountant, bookkeeper. Even initially trying to get a factory, like you need to know about real estate, you need to know about permits, you need to know about insurances and licenses, um, and then it's children, so you need to um, know about all the child safety um, policies and rules and laws, and it's like it's never ending. And then concert time, like oh my gosh, the skills for concert, you know, designing programs and. Um, like the projection in the theater, queuing mm-hmm. stage lights, designing your lighting, editing music, and then you've got your website, your social media. It's crazy. <laughs> As a small business owner, you have to be a jack of all trades. Pretty much. Yeah. And you do a great job of it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Liv, don't you have your own small business that you started during lockdown? Well, I'm going to, like, um, my parents have also, because their jobs and stuff, they're going to be starting their own business. But first, they have to get their business up before they get my business up. Yeah, that's fair. So, it'll be up, I don't know when, but hopefully pretty soon. Maybe you'll even have a podcast. Pardon? What's your business? Oh, um... 
at the moment, I'm thinking like tie-dye stuff, like um, oh, like cool. jewelry, those things that girls love. Um, and I was also thinking of elderly care because I really do love elderly and like seeing my, I saw my grandma on Saturday and just seeing her again was just such an amazing gift. So I thought, hey, what about elderly care? Ooh, so cool. Ebony, what's your business, hey? Um, I don't actually have a business yet. <laughs> I don't even do business class at school. So maybe I should be doing that. But no, okay. I don't think I have the skill set for a business. Thank you. What about work? Retail is opening again on Wednesday. So does that mean you're going back, Eb, to ships or...? I haven't heard any information yet, but I assume, yes, we need to, like, deep clean the whole store before we go back. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be good, but it'll be bizarre to just go back to, like, normal somehow. Yeah, seeing people's faces, it'll be weird. And do you have a trendy face mask or, like, what's on trend for teenage face masks? At school, pretty much everyone just goes plain black, like... I've got my plain black face mask right here. Yeah. Otherwise, like, no, teenagers are boring. We don't have any bright rainbow ones. <laughs> you don't have, like, a JoJo face mask? No. Do you have one, Liv? A JoJo face mask? I think they have them in Australia, but I have a unicorn in my face mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to wear a face mask, Liv, but do you wear one or do kids wear them at school? Well, the kids who have to, they do, um, but I do wear a face mask even though I don't have to. I like to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel about wearing a mask for dance? Like, I don't know the rules yet, um, so don't stress out. If you have to wear one, you might not need to. But, yeah, how do you feel about that? I really don't want to do it because it's going to be really hard to breathe. (laughs) Yeah, I feel hot, really hot. Yeah, Yeah. dance at school, we have to wear a face mask. But um, when we're doing warm-ups and stuff, we wear the face mask fully. But then when we're, like, going full out, we just bring it down. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Because I feel like it might be unsafe to Mm -hmm. be... Is it, like, when you're running, you don't have to wear one? So I'm, you know, assuming do those rules apply for dance? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Well, thank you so much for interviewing me today. That was really nerve-wracking and I have <laughs> a nice to buy.